Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I am Miss Black, your host, and I didn't, well, happy Financial Literacy Month. So April is National Financial Literacy Month. I have been observing this month, I think since... I guess it would have to be like 99 or 2000. And the reason that I say 99 or 2000, because the first financial book I read was The Nine Steps to Financial Freedom by Susie Orman. And I was a member of a book club called Genesis, and we chose a financial book to read because taxes were due in April. I don't quite know if it was called Financial Literacy Month. And that had to be either the April of 99. It would have been the April of 99 because I had just moved back to New York from college and I was a teacher and I was in this book club. And that was the first book. And I it wasn't the first step on my financial journey, but it was definitely the first step that made me be intentional about my financial journey. Because if you listen to the trailer or other episodes of this podcast, you'll know that I started on my financial journey because my buddy teacher sat me down and just kind of laid down the law on certain things that I had to do financially to be in a position to retire well. And I just followed her, really no questions asked. She was older than me. She had children that were either really close to my age, possibly older, but I feel like they may have been a little bit younger than me. Either way, she was really direct. This is what you need to do. And this is how you need to do it. And I blindly followed her and she definitely set me up to success. I'm very grateful for that. But reading the nine steps to financial freedom, I I hope that's the right title, but I know it's like one of Susie Orman's first books was really helpful because she laid out nine clear steps as to the things that we should do. And one of those things was read something about personal finance monthly. And that started my subscription to Money Magazine and really made money accessible to me and like what I should be doing to it. So all people who are into personal finance, this is like a big month and you get all these inf- all this information. I didn't realize that when 
I released last week's episode, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to release on the first month of financial literacy month. So we are celebrating. Well, I'm kicking off the celebration a little bit late, but you know, every day is financial history or every week is financial history here at Staying in the Black. So because I wasn't quite sure, I said, let me do some digging about financial literacy month. And so in my research, I found out it was started in 2000 by the Jumpstart Coalition and they started promoting financial literacy for youth months. So that was just really thinking about getting young people into understanding what financial literacy was all about. But then in 2003, the Congress showed support for financial literacy months and requested that the president declare April as financial literacy month for youth. And following the following year, in April of 2004, the Senate passed Resolution 316, which declares April as Financial Literacy Month. So we always have these, what in my family we call jokingly Hallmark holidays, and I celebrate those. That's one thing that I do do is I celebrate a lot of um, holidays made up or otherwise. I don't know if it's the elementary educator in me. Um, But I just like always something to do, like a craft around and to learn some type of social studies or history around like, how did this holiday come about? And what do we learn about ourselves and the idea to celebrate something? Um, So although financial literacy, there are a lot of months that have designations, financial literacy month actually has a designation in the government from the Senate resolution 316. And then in 2005, the House of Representatives supported it, and they passed a bill that called for President Bush to announce Financial Literacy Month publicly. And so it's a really important month, not only for us uh, people who are into personal finance, but I think for everyone it is really an opportunity, no matter where you live or what your background is banks do a lot of free financial literacy information around now. I just was scrolling through my Instagram feed and I saw that AARP is doing big shredding thing around financial literacy. Uh, There's just a lot of free or inexpensive financial literacy information out there this month, and you should really avail yourself of it. I mean, and that's also how I started out, just like a lot of free stuff, just reading and wanting to know as much as I possibly could about my finances. And that was part of the subscription to uh, Money Magazine for me at the time. It was still print. It would come and then I would just start reading the articles that I definitely could understand and then challenging myself to understand the articles that I didn't quite get because back then investing beyond my 403B or in New York City, as we call it, our, our TDA was beyond me. And I, in your TDA, it's fairly simple. You have a couple of places where you can put your money and that's it. We didn't really have the opportunity to really investigate it and see like what all that were in, you know, the buckets that we are, you know, or the, the funds that we're able to invest in. And so 
this month, I mean, reading that book kind of just like changed my whole um, experience around money because then it gave me a really solid foundation as to what to do next. I don't know when the last time Susie Orman updated that book, but it was, you know, a great book and those steps. And so there are in my research, and I, I think I'm going to put this in the 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 page that I discovered on the history of it. It's like they say that there's seven components to financial literacy, which include earning, spending, saving, investing, borrowing, and protecting. And as you know, we have the eight keys of financial empowerment. And I think the thing that they don't talk about clearly that we totally separate out is like earning more or that side hustle because people often just think of earning as like your nine to five job, but there are definitely, and in protecting, we also see not only as in the context of financial literacy, they think of protecting generally as, you know, insurance, but there's also estate planning that is vital to protecting. A lot of people may become wealthy within their lifetime, but if they don't do the proper estate planning, the money, you know, can just be eaten away by the probate process, all that that sort of thing if the estate planning isn't done correctly. And so you hear the term financial literacy th- thrown a lot around quite a bit. And it's kind of like, what is financial literacy? And it's just the basic ability to use financial skill that include personal finance management and investing and budgeting. And so as a Black woman, it's like, where do you get this information? For me, the very basics of my financial education came from my mom, who used the envelope system to you know, budget. And she also utilized or believed in the snowball method of paying off debt. And she told me that when I was like young, younger than, you know, like a preteen, you know, she told me about, it wasn't, I don't even think it was, it wasn't definitely not called the snowball method at that time. But she told me that information when I was a preteen, I think I was like 10 or 11. Um, And we were talking, I don't even know why we were talking about that, but we were. And she was just like, you know, you pay your small, the smallest one off first because you get that out the way and then you go on to the next one. And that's how she explained it to me. And I, that's how I always remembered it. I didn't even know, you know, to think about, to ask about interest rates and those sorts of things. She was just like, you know, you take that small one and you move from there. And the beauty of or the beauty about personal finance, it's both a double, it's actually a double-edged sword. There's a beauty to um, financial literacy and a curse. And the the beauty to it is there's a lot of information there. The curse of it is there's a lot of information there. And oftentimes people don't know where to go, what to believe, and they enter a state of analysis paralysis because there's so much information. That's where people like me come along. And if you go on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, 
there are a lot of financial literacy or you know personal finance influencer. I was just on Instagram tonight and it was um oh my gosh, what's her name? I love her. Financially intentional. You know I love that cuz it's all about your intentions when it comes to being um with your money is being intentional and so she's on doing a live and she's a nurse and she talks about personal finance through the lens of being a nurse just like i speak about personal finance through the lens of being an educator new york city educator and the importance about that is our you know what's available to us is different and some of the challenges that we face are different so broadening your financial literacy knowledge is important because personal finance is personal. Back in the early 2000s, you had uh, Susie Orman, you had Dave Ramsey. I think that that was it really in the self-help realm. I, I didn't discover Lynette Cavani until about 2004 or five. I actually saw her at an Essence um, women conference in uh, Midtown, and then Oprah got on the bandwagon, and we I discovered Glenda Bridgeforth and David Bach and Jean Chansky, and so then the personal finance or financial literacy realm started to open, but seeing women of color was 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 challenging. I remember watching Oprah and seeing Glenda Bridgeforce. I think she was, well, Lynette, Lynette Kalfani was the first person that I, a black woman that I saw in the personal finance. Cause there was like, you know, a lot in business and I was just like, I'm just a teacher. I don't know. But uh, I'm looking at my bookshelf that's helping me remember. And Lynette Kalfani had a book or has a book, Zero Debt. That was the the first financial book that I read by a black woman. And then later came Glenda Bridgeforth, which was Girl, Get Your Money Straight. And so I bring that up because now you have all of these influencers, financial influencers of color. That's important because, you you know, it's always nice to to see people not only who look like you, because people when they get into the diversity of personal finance. It's just like, you know, it's the same information. There's this book saying all I ever need to know about personal finance, I can write on an index card. And it's so true, but I find it really interesting that they said they could write it on an index card and it's like a 300 page book or something like that to go into the details of each of those things, but actually the the index card would work. But having people who have, who come from my culture, who understand some of the things that you experience culturally around money that impacts what you think you can do with your money. And I say what you think, because that's what your culture tells you. Those are what successful people that you may know. They generally come from from your culture or when you read certain people, their experience is nothing like your experience. We're not coming from the same um, culture or nor do we have the same privilege that authors may have. And, and thanks to you know, social media, we have the opportunity to get 
our money information from people who are more similar to us. And so when starting staying in the black, it was really like, what do educators need? What, what do teachers need? Because there really wasn't anyone coming from that realm. And because I'm a black woman who is a single mom, that also influences the information that I share and how I share it. Because if a married woman's financial situation is different than uh, a, a sing to some degree too than than a single um, woman versus you know a, a a a woman who's married and raising children versus a single mom who's you know raising a child. It's not better or worse. It's just different. And so just trying to juggle all of those things. And so the beauty about a financial literacy month that I want you to to think about and to and think about how you're going to use this month to broaden your financial literacy knowledge and skills is take a pledge or make a pledge to expand your financial knowledge right so whether you know money magazine is not even produced monthly but they do have an instagram page i, I follow them on ig whether it's reading something once a month about finances, whether it's setting up a budget, going to meet with an ins- a insurance broker, meeting with an estate planning attorney, taking the first step to open a brokerage account. I'm going through these lists, this list as to kind of something you can do under each of the eight empowerment keys, right? So you can set up a budget. You can meet with an attorney for your estate planning. You can meet with an insurance broker to um, figure out what your insurance needs. You can open a brokerage account so that you can start to invest. You can make a debt elimination plan so that you can get out of consumer debt. You can automate your savings so that saving is automatic for you. You can set up your emergency account, your emergency um, savings account. Just make the commitment to take one step to improving your financial literacy for the remainder of the year, because it can all seem really overwhelming trying to adjust all eight keys at one time. That's not the goal. The goal is to take the first step and then move on to the next and on to the next and on to the next until you feel financially empowered. And what financial empowerment looks like, it looks different for each individual. And the goal of staying in the Black is to help educators live the life that they want, live their life to their fullest and not get stuck in the mindset that you can't be prosperous as an educator, that you need to sacrifice all that you have for your students, even your 
financial well-being. It's so important that you really think about it's kind of it uh, for me I don't care what happens I don't know how or why I always see it like through a financial lens but this is definitely making commitment in financial literacy month to, to follow or to p- take a step to improve your finances is really your step to putting the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on to another passenger in a, a plane emergency making sure that you're okay so that you will be okay financially okay for the remainder of your time you know here on earth and that you can pass that wealth on to someone else is really important and so i just want to recap that it is financial literacy month i am challenging you all to do one thing to improve your personal finances this year. And I'll go over the things that, you know, some of the suggestions of the things that you can do. And they include automating your savings, meeting with an insurance broker to check on your, like all your insurance policies really, but definitely, you know, your life insurance, you might be able to lower your, homeowner's insurance or your car insurance, but meeting with that broker and, and, and discussing your insurance needs. You can also set up a brokerage account. You've been afraid, like, how do I invest? What do I do? Those sorts of things. So taking that step to invest, meeting with an estate planning attorney to start drafting your will, your trust, your healthcare proxy, your durable power of attorney. You can create a debt elimination plan, whether that's using the snowball method or the avalanche method. Snowball being start with what you your lowest balance and pay that off, and then um, take that payment and add it to the minimum payment of the next credit card or next debt payment or the avalanche method where you list your debts by uh, interest rate and you pay off the card that has the highest interest rate or your debt that has the highest interest rate. First, you can set up a budget. I know that I've been um, very transparent that I generally don't budget, but I know probably not the next, either the next uh, episode or the one following will be about me making the tempt. I am going to take that challenge for the month of April of setting up a budget and going through my whole journey. It may just end up being a series on this budgeting thing. I've actually read two books this past week that speaks about budgeting because you know that I am always talking about our runway to retirement and it speaks about budgeting. So setting up a budget, I'm going to go for it. Uh, You can be a part of this journey. Um, So setting up a budget is another challenge or just a challenge to read something financial at least once a month so that you become more financially literate and are able to make the financial decisions that are best for you and your family. So what's the highest leverage 
step, action step that you can take. And it's taking one of the challenges. That's the first thing that you can do. And if any of them seem daunting or something that you can, I think the easiest one to do is to commit to reading one thing financial every month, or you could actually commit to listening to episodes of Staying in the Black, because that's financial literacy as well. If reading isn't your thing and you're more of an auditory person, I invite you to continue to listen to this podcast and share it with others so that our podcast can continue to grow. So once again, happy Financial Literacy Month, according to this website that I'll put in the show notes. Um, it started back in 2000, and which means 12 years of Financial Literacy Month. And I encourage you to celebrate however you see best. Remember, stay in the black and we will talk next week. Have a great one. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...